Hello, and I welcome you to a special edition of the Heights Baptist podcast. Uh, my name is Lee, and I'm the pastor here at Heights. And our podcast is really designed to help you take your next step of faith, uh, no matter what that is. And we often look at uh, issues of theology, uh, things happening within our culture, and we, how we can approach that from a biblical worldview and live that out in our daily lives as believers in Jesus Christ. And so I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we have been on summer break uh, lately, uh, but we are coming back off of summer break um, for this special episode. And so as always, I'm joined with Pastor Matt Hogan, our pastor of worship and media. And uh, so it it has been a little while since we've podcasted. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute, you know, And but... We're coming in today uh, to do this episode because uh, last Friday, June 24th, the landmark decision of uh, the Supreme Court overturning uh, Roe v. Wade. That's right. And uh, you and I, have we, we've kind of been talking about this, knowing it was coming and how we wanted to handle it. Uh, and so we said, well, let's, let's sit down and have this conversation. Um, so thanks for joining me. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> and, you know, as we talk... Um, I want to let you know as an audience that our heart is to really help each other understand how do we help our neighbors right now? How do we look through this lens of what's happening in our country biblically, faithfully, and with an attitude of loving people uh, to help lead them to a new life with Christ? And so as we discuss, uh, Pastor Matt and myself, uh, how to kind of react, how to work ahead in our culture, uh, please know that we are not coming in any way, shape, or form from a political worldview. Uh, that's not our intent in this uh, podcast today to discuss really anything politically. Um, our intent is to discuss everything biblically. And so we're going to be using some Bible verses to help hopefully for you to build a biblical foundation of how to react and how to help your neighbor uh, through this time. And so, uh, Matt, I, I, again, I appreciate your wisdom in this. I know you, you have a lot of wisdom in this area. And when we start to seek to respond, we know this is more than a hot button issue. Yeah. Like it's nuclear. Yeah, this, <laughs> right? is, this has been the most divisive cultural political issue of our lifetime. Right, right. And I mean, it's for the, for the last 50 years. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, and, but, not, and not only just like culturally within families, workplaces, I mean, even in churches. In yeah. churches, you're not going to have everybody who agrees on everything. Yeah. You know, here at Heights, we, we probably do not have 100% agreement when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. And so we've obviously already, uh, you know, decision was handed down Friday. We're, we're filming this on Tuesday. Episodes coming out on Wednesday. We already know social media is a, like a wildfire on how this is happening. Yeah. Conversations are happening, probably workplaces, neighborhoods, a uh, lot of tension in these things. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and I think that's why we want to try to model how do you have those conversations in a, in a good, biblical, civil way that's respectful? Um, and so where do we kind of, whew, where do we start in this conversation with somebody and, and how to think through a response? Well, I mean, I think probably the first thing that we, we need to sort of kind of, kind of establish is, is, is why, why as a church, why as people that, 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 that are followers of Jesus, that are, that are students of the Bible, why do we come to a pro-life conclusion? Right. Okay. You know, um, and, and, and like you said, there's not, there's not a hundred percent agreement right. even among churches yeah. uh, on this issue. Yeah. In fact, I have many, 
I have many friends on social media that are part of um, of other denominations mm -hmm. that that are that are outraged over what happened, right. you know, last last Friday, you yeah. know, and so even even from church to church and from people within the church, um, there's not you know consensus, but you know we 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 uh, are people that 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 affirm life, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 then the, the main reason why we derive that the reason that we believe that um, that that an unborn child, you know, is is worthy. Uh, it has dignity and value and worth, and is and, and deserves, you know, to be protected. That the life of an unborn is to be protected is because we understand that all human beings are made in the image of God. Right. You know, and and so we un we understand that that from the moment of from the moment of conception, mm -hmm. you know, that's a person that bears the image of God. And yes. so obviously, we're, from there we we start with like Gen uh, Genesis one. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So what we're what we're discussing there is what's called the Imago Dei, mm -hmm. and really uh, the way you phrased it is life begins at conception is what you and I would hold to in a biblical worldview, um, and life doesn't begin outside the womb; it begins in. And you know, one of the verses we see is in Psalm 139, which I love Psalm 139 because David is really looking at the omnipresence of God in that in that psalm. You know, God's all powerful, God's all present. So, you know, David at one point goes, Where can I go to get away from you? And he's like, Well, nowhere. <laughs> like right. you're always there, God. But in the in that psalm, he says in verses 13 and 15 in Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows them very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And, and so we can see David, you know, even without the ultrasounds, you know, and all the scientific things we have today to peek into the womb, mm -hmm. David giving you a very... Uh, pro-life, life in the womb, God ordaining, making that life. And so we can look at life in the womb, the Imago Dei, you know, as an image bearer, like you said, that, that's kind of what the Imago Dei means is, yeah. is we are made to resemble God, right? So in the womb there, but then also outside of the womb, you know, and you mentioned Genesis, like what, what's kind of one of the verses in, in Genesis that gives us that Imago Dei outside of the womb? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to Genesis one. You know, yeah. in in His image, He created He created him male and female. He created them. Right. Right. So you know, all all people, yeah, all human all human beings, men and women, are created to bear the image of God. Right. To be His image bearers. To 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 rule and take care of and steward His creation. Yeah. And th and that's why human life is 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 afforded a special place and is needed. Um, and, and is deserving of protection um, in a different way than maybe animal life. Yeah, you know, because we we want to be we want to be we want to be kind to animals. We want to treat them with respect. We want to take good care of God's creation. But 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 obviously, you know, I mean, you you love to barbecue, like right. so. Like there's there's times where it's appropriate to take animal life. <laughs> you know, human life right. is 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 deserving of a special protection because human beings are image bearers of God. Yes. Yeah. I am thankful for the pigs that have given their life for my pulled pork that, barbecue. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I, so Genesis one twenty six is what you're saying, where God has made people in his image. But later in that verse, he sets us apart from animals because he says, now you rule and reign right. over creation. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're the image bearers. So 
you know, love my dog, but my dog's not an image bearer. Right. I am, you are, you know, life in the womb, life outside of the womb is that image bearer. And, you know, Genesis 2, 7 also says that God breathed into our, our, our nostrils. He gave us breath, mm -hmm. you know, so even there uh, we can see this uh, unpacking of really the Imago Dei of, of how we are image bearers in life. And that's why we take a pro-life stance, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's in the womb or outside of the womb, we're for life. Right. You know, and and so that's where we need to really begin this discussion. I think when when we kind of respond and we're trying to talk to our neighbor or our sons, our daughters, our friends who have church members is to remind ourselves, even if that person doesn't agree with you, they're still an image bearer. Correct. They are still a person that you can treat with respect and dignity and care because they are bearing the image of God. And that's where we need to shift the conversation now to how as believers in Jesus, do we interact with a culture that for many are like, you know, like you had said, there, there's some that they're just, they're upset, they're mad, they're scared. You know, they may attack you if you kind of have a pro-life stance. Like, how do, we, how do we wade through that part of things? Well, the first, the first thing that I thought about was rejoice but don't gloat okay i mean the reality is is that um this is going to trigger a set of um seismic policy shifts sure um throughout states in our country right um and for those of us that have been um passionate about this issue for many many years right it, it is a very exciting time yeah. to see you know that the that that states are now going to have the option to, to pass laws that protect li lives of the unborn. Yeah. And, and that is cause for great rejoicing. Right. At the same time, we want to rejoice with those who rejoice and we want to weep with those who weep. Yeah. This, is not, this is not a time to, um, to make fun, to belittle, mm -hmm. to berate, to put down. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, I would just say, choose your words carefully. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you can rejoice with the fact that, that, that this decision has um, opened up opportunities for protection right. of, of human life yeah. without demonizing right. or, um, or belittling yeah. people who, who are on the other side of this issue. Yeah. And so I would just encourage us to be careful. Yeah. You know? Um, the other thing that I think of immediately is that um, this is an issue that may be a lot closer to home mm -hmm. than we might think. Right. Um, right. You would you you would think that a, that a church that's a Southern Baptist church like Heights Baptist Church that you would have almost universal agreement on this issue, and I right. would say the vast majority of our people are 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 going to be are going to be happy about this issue. Yeah. But we've even had conversations with people in our church, you know, the, this past week that are, that are not in the same place as we are on yeah. this issue. Yeah. So be sensitive to that. Right. Um, when I, when I was growing up, my mom was the pro-life liaison for our church growing up. It was a pretty good sized church in Southern California. And so, um, throughout, you know, throughout the year at certain times, uh, she would have a literature table mm -hmm. about pro-life issues. Yeah. And one of the kind of surprising things that we noticed year after year was that some of the literature that she would have would be the post-abortion counseling mm -hmm. literature. Mm -hmm. And she said that she always noticed that that was some of the literature that like was taken 
the fastest, fastest. that ran sure. out the fastest. Yeah. Because this is a this is a thing that a lot of people, even in the church, yeah, um, have experienced, right. have struggled with, may feel a tremendous amount of guilt and shame because sure. of. Right. You know, so so just be incredibly sensitive. Yeah. You know, when we when we discuss this issue, rejoice. Don't take a victory lap online. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, it's a, that's a very good word because we have prayed for this day to come, you know, and more lives are going to be born, period. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a cause for celebration. You know, I, I've thought about it in the terms of, you know, 18 years from now, you're going to have more high school seniors than you, you might not have. Maybe you know, more missionaries, more pastors. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. a future president now is going to be born who might not have been born. Right. You know, and, and so at the end of the day, we, we all should rejoice on both sides of the, the issue. More lives are going to be born. Like that, that should be a cause. As believers in Christ, more image bearers, more disciples to be made. More, I mean, you know, like, mm -hmm. for, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking through that. And then I think through the, essentially the golden rule. I mean, this is, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. I mean, this is, this is a golden rule type of opportunity. So yes, as believers who are fundamentally pro-life, as far as womb to tomb, we celebrate life, we support life, we protect life. Yes, we, we throw our hands up and say, thank you, Lord, this day has come, you know, and and we got to be a part. We got to see this happen in our lifetime. But I, I appreciate what you said because I think you're dead on. You have people in all of our churches who you may never have known that for whatever reason that lady had an abortion, you know, and she now can be, you know, a, a teacher with your kids. She could be a praise team member. She could, you would never have known that, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and she, she needs grace. There's forgiveness for those things, you know. There's there's forgiveness for that action under the blood of Christ, and and so I, I I appreciate what you said. As we interact with people, again, that goes back to that Imago Day conversation. Yep. This is a person that still bears the image of God that deserves to be loved and cared for and treated with respect. We can have those conversations of right, wrong, biblically, but how do we help them where they are move to more of a biblical position? Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and, and so I, I really appreciate that reminder of choose our words carefully. Yeah. You know, with, with you can stand uh, on, on Sunday, we'll be in first Corinthians 13, you know, and I've already been thinking about the verse, you know, love does not behave rudely. Right. So, I mean, you cannot agree with somebody and stand on the truth and not be a jerk. I mean, like, like right. that, that's possible. That's what yeah. Paul's saying is we can sh extend some grace and love toward folks at this time. You know, and the other thing, the other thing I'm thinking as far as kind of like our response and how we think about and how we handle this issue is um, I, would, I would say historically, I would say not as much in 2022 as in maybe decades past, but right. there was a time uh, when a woman uh, found herself in crisis yeah. um, that, that she was cast out of yeah. her family. Right. And, and in many situations she was cast out of her church. Yeah. Well, it, it, we're in a we're in a changing landscape now. You know, we're we're in the state of Texas where it is suddenly going to become much more difficult. Right. You know, for for a woman to uh, um, 
obtain an abortion. Yeah. And so that means you are going to be faced with just, you know, statistically, numerically, more women yeah. who, who are suddenly finding themselves in this crisis. That's good. And so I would say uh, more important now than ever, yeah. you know, when you have a woman who finds herself in crisis, you know, yeah. that, is, that is an opportunity for you as your family or for you as your church to embrace that woman. Mm -hmm. Okay. That woman is not to be treated like she, she does not wear a scarlet letter. Right. You know, this is when you throw your arms, when you throw the arms of Jesus around that yeah. person and you surround her yeah. with love and compassion and care. Yeah. And I think, you know, there, there are, there are some older attitudes towards this issue mm -hmm. that we are going to have to work to change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, I, and again, and I, I don't think we're in the same place in 2022 as we might have been, you know, a decade or two ago. But still, there's kind of some of that, mm -hmm. you know, that, there, there's kind of that mentality when we, we really need to kind of step up and, and support yeah. a woman who maybe suddenly finds herself in a very difficult circumstance. Right. Because you right now do have some women who are scared. Yeah. You know, and will and will be that. And I. I think that's you're you're dead on right. Whereas churches, we we have to continue to get better at that. Continue, and and not only in that conversation. I mean, there's there's several social conversations of things happening. Whereas churches, we used to go, well, you don't belong here anymore, right? Or you're you're out type thing. Whereas we need to be like, no, you're in. I mean, because and we are here for you. We're here for you. You're in because Jesus is here for you, and. That is where I think right now, as believers, and, and in the passage I was in on Sunday in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, we weep for those who weep, we rejoice for those who rejoice, where you have a culture shouting at each other, they're looking for a better alternative. <laughs> I mean, they are, because they know deep down in their heart, there's got to be something better. There's got to be something more than me always arguing with people online and always shouting. And they, they want that internal peace. They want that forgiveness. They want that guilt gone. I mean, and that's the gospel. Yeah. You know, and so as a church, those are the folks that we come. And, and yes, it may be an unwed, unexpected pregnancy. But from my standpoint as a pastor, how dare we run someone off right. like that, you know? Loving someone who has made a decision or has had something happen that we wouldn't agree with biblically, we can still love them and still not agree with the decision. Right. We can still love that person, meet them where they are, and show the love and, and the word of Christ to them. Absolutely. You know? And I think we have long forgotten that as a culture. <laughs> We, we, have, we have said, if you don't agree with all my decisions, then you don't love me. No, I can disagree with your decisions and still love you as a human being that's compassionate to you and trying to help you along. And so that's why I always use the, the phrase a lot of times, we're here to help you take your next step of faith, mm -hmm. right? Where, whatever that step is, like, let's just help you take that step of faith. And that's going to mean in this, in this post Roe v. Wade culture, that's going to mean meeting some people in some really messy situations. Um, that's gonna mean coming alongside some people that are scared, that are hurting, that are vulnerable, that don't know where to turn. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not a clean cut, cookie cutter approach anymore because our culture is not that way. You know, this is, this is going to be messy 
(laughs) in a way. It's going to be hard. As Christians, we have to wrestle and grapple with these things with grace and love and truth, you know. But a lot of times we've, we lean toward the truth and we forget the grace and the love. Right. Or you can lean toward the grace and the love and forget the truth. You know, and I'm saying, no, no, there's a balance of those things to where we can still say, hey, this is our position as a church. This is our position biblically. We are pro-life, womb to tomb. But we are here for you where you are today because that's where Jesus is. You know, mm-hmm. going back to Psalm 139. Hey, God's right here with you. you know? You're not going to get away from him. So let, let's help you meet him in that way. So let's shift that way. Let, let's talk. How are some practical ways now that we need to continue as Christians to engage? Because I know, again, if you, you, you hear the culture, you're, you're online, you're talking to people. Well, man, you, you Christians now need to adopt and do this and do this. And you were kind of like, well, we've been doing that for a long time, but okay. <laughs> but how do we do that better? Like, what are some ways we can come alongside and help people practically? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first, the first thing I think of is pregnancy resource centers, mm-hmm. or sometimes they're called crisis pregnancy centers. Right. Um, we, uh, as a church, we support one uh, that's in Friendswood. In yep. fact, we just finished a big, uh, big uh, baby, baby bottle fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so where, you know, uh, folks, folks at Heights took home baby bottles and filled them with change yep. and dollars and checks and yep. whatever they had <laughs> laying around and, and, and brought them in. And so yeah. it was, it was exciting to see, you know, this big, you know, this yeah. big, you know, container of baby bottles that, that are, that was getting sent off for, yeah. Uh, to support that pregnancy resource center, those places are are trained and and specialize in taking care um, yes. of 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 people who find sometimes families, not right. just mostly women, but sometimes you know sometimes couples go in together trying to yeah. figure out like we don't what, know what, what to what do. do? Yeah. Um, my wife used to uh, do ultrasounds, okay, and used to help with counseling yeah. uh, with those situations, okay. and so it was amazing the stories mm. that she would tell me about opportunities to share the gospel. Yep. Um, with these, with the, with with these these ladies that, that didn't know where to turn. Yeah. You know? So those are an excellent, you know, tangible way mm-hmm. that, that that we can help. You yeah. know, by supporting ministries like you know like your local um, pregnancy resource center. Yeah. Um, the other thing that that we do as a church is is fostering an adoption. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got several families in our church uh, that have adopted. Yeah. We have several families in our church that have been foster families. Yeah. Um, if there are there are special training that you can do if you're not a person who is able to foster or adopt yourself. Right. There are special training that, that you can do in order to be certified to be a person who can give respite mm-hmm. care mm-hmm. for uh, foster families. Because yeah. the hardest thing about being a foster family is there's very uh, specific rules about you know kind of what you can and can't do and right. who can come into the home yeah. and take care of the kids if if you need a date night or if you need right. to go to the grocery store. Right. And so one thing that um, that 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 lay people in the church can do if they if they can't go all the way and and, and open their home to yeah. children is you could get certified to be a respite caregiver. Right. You know. And so that that's one option. You know. Yeah. So you can come alongside another family in your church or your community that's fostering and say, hey, can I? You know, I, I can watch the kids for a block of time so you can do the doctor's appointments or the court dates or even, or go to the grocery store and catch yeah. a movie. So yeah. that, that, you know, that's an option, but yeah, but yeah. ways in which you can um, encourage um, adoptions, very expensive. Right. You know, one of the things that's been exciting for me to see as we've been in here, uh, as I've been here at Heights is watching the church um, help out fundraising right. for adoption. Yeah. You know, that, that's been, that, that, that was a very cool thing to be a part of. Right. Yeah. And I think, when you talk about fostering and adopting, a lot of times people are like, ooh, I can't do that, you know, but you hit the nail on the head. There are other ways to help in the fostering and adoption process. 
uh, respite care for fostering, um, even foster families who say, hey, we need help with diapers or, you know, clothes, you know, mm-hmm. donating those things, you know, adopting. Um, I always think about it this way, like with adoption, we may be not all called to adopt, but as again, people who are pro-life, womb to tomb, we're called to support people who are adopting, Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know? and so... Uh, latest couple out of it was Jonathan and Brittany, our, our youth pastor. And it was just, it was, it was neat to see the church really get behind them and ease some of that personal financial burden mm-hmm. of, of adopting. Cause it is, it's, it's very expensive, unfortunately for that. Um, and then, you know, like you said, with the pregnancy center, um, our church helped start the one in Friendswood, mm-hmm. but there's ways you can, you know, go by, they need help with people folding baby clothes or organizing diapers or, you know, because those pregnancy centers do more than just counsel to carry to term. Right. They do counseling. Like you had said, uh, ultrasounds like Catherine did. They sometimes will hand out diapers and clothes for those mothers who choose to carry the baby to term. So and they also train young parents. They train young parents. I you mean, because especially if you've got, you know, you know, younger, younger folks, you know, maybe you've got, you know, you know young ladies that are still in high school or right. maybe you've got a, you know, maybe you got a young couple and yeah. they're still in high school. They may need some help. Yeah. So I, you know, I've been thinking like for a person who maybe is retired, like that's a perfect place to plug in. Cause I, I mean, like any nonprofit, they need help all the time. <laughs> they're all the time all need the time. somebody to do something. And it's like, Hey, you know, maybe I can't give as much financially, but I could give my time here to do this or that. I mean, um, I, I think, as we think about how to help families. And again, when we talk about pro-life, I think that's the distinction I really want to draw. And I've been using this phrase a lot. It's womb to tomb. Mm-hmm. It's more than a vote. You know, it's more than just a political stance. It is a, it's a biblically driven understanding of the Imago Day. We are here for life of people. Um, one that I think gets overlooked, but of course is near and dear to our hearts, is special needs ministry. Mm-hmm. It's people with disabilities. You know, that is part of being pro-life, coming alongside those families um, and, and helping them, you know. And, and that's one of the things I, I'm, I'm also personally excited about with the overturn of Roe v. Wade is culturally we have shifted in a way where if a, in a pregnancy with an ultrasound, if it's being revealed, your child may have Down syndrome or, you know, some type of disability, the abortion levels of those children are high, Right. you know, and, and that breaks my heart because again, that's a, a person that is made and created in the image of God that deserves life, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I appreciate the work of our church in special needs ministry, whether it's young kids Tomorrow on Wednesday, we're hosting the Gathering Place, which is churches from around Alvin that get together and give respite care uh, for the caregivers of uh, adults with dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, again, affirming life and and helping people. Uh, And and so, I mean, there's there's those ways. What what else practically can can people do even within a church? Well, you know, as you're talking about um, our understanding of pro-life, which means life for everyone, taking care of everyone at all life stages. Yeah. So like, I mean, are you pouring yourself into the children's ministry of your church or the student ministry of your church? Yeah. You know, are there so many areas uh, where we're taking care of kids and families, you know, and we're not, not just, you know, in the, in, in the realm of, uh, of the unborn and pregnancy, but, yeah. you know, supporting families in every stage of life. Right. Right. Good. Yeah. And you know, kids, teenagers, adults, 
I mean, again, that, that extends to adult ministry, how you're caring for your neighbor and you know, you got a neighbor who's sick and you're, you're taking a meal. I mean, again, that's, that's showing womb to tomb. And then I think another one that gets overlooked a lot of times is homebound ministry, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of maybe some senior adults who, who are in a nursing home or, or at home and can't get out as much. And, and as a church coming and helping them and supporting them. And I had posted some of the things we do at Heights on, on my Facebook page recently. And I uh, had a friend from up in Houston that goes to obviously another church and she commented, she was like, y'all have a homebound ministry? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll shoot you a message. And she said, you know, our church doesn't. We've been in talks of mm-hmm. how to better care for our seniors that way. And I was like, yeah, here's kind of what we do at Heights that way. And so I think as, a, as believers in Jesus is to build that theology of womb to tomb, that's the Imago Dei. That's the person that's bearing the image of God we're called to make disciples by personally loving the Lord, loving people. Uh, and so let, let's meet them where they are in this conversation, right? Because as we talk to people, they're going to be all over the place. But meet them where they are and help them understand biblically why we are pro-life in that way. Because we care about life, whether it's in a, in a mother's womb or, or outside the mother's womb. That, that life is valuable, and that person needs to meet Jesus to have eternal life with him. I mean, that's what we want to extend. We want to extend the invitation of eternal life that Christ gives us. So, so wrap us up today. I was just thinking, you know, I, I was sitting there on Friday morning. I, I had, you know, I, I was, I, the, the decision didn't come down on Thursday. And so I suspected that the decision was going to come down on Friday. And I was sitting there like hitting refresh <laughs> on the, you know, on, on the website, waiting to see, you know, right. at 10 o'clock when they start dropping opinions. And, and I was there and, 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 and our whole world changed. Yeah. Um, and, and I immediately started thinking about what my response would be if I were, you know, to post something to social media and, and I thought about, you know, posting Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. I thought about posting Genesis 126. I thought about posting um, from Luke 1 when, mm. when uh, John the Baptist, who's still mm. in Elizabeth's womb, jumps for joy. Right, I, right. I thought about all those things. <laughs> and I was yeah. trying to think, like, is there a particular verse that could sort of encapsulate the way I'm feeling in this moment? But then a, a good friend of mine posted the perfect verse. And, and he just posted the reference. Mm. But what he posted was... Um, what you did unto the least of these, you did unto mm, me. Mm, mm. And it was a very like low-key mm-hmm. way of reminding God's people, yeah. we have work to do. Yeah, that's good. You know? and, and yes, we are a culture of life. Right. And yes, we as a church and many churches have work to, to support life, to foster, to adopt, uh, pregnancy resource centers, but we that but that is just a work that must continue, yep. and that is the proper response yeah, that's to good. taking care of the least of these. Yeah, that's good. No, I appreciate it. That's good. Good final words there. That's that's excellent. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today for this podcast. We are going to get back on our regular schedule in August, so tune back uh, with us on that. Uh, but if you are in our area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning. We have our life groups for all ages from birth through adults at 9 a.m. here on campus. And then we have an in-person worship service at 10.30 a.m. And then also online at 10.30 on our 
uh, Heights Facebook page and Heights YouTube page that you can stream uh, live at that time. You can also find all of our digital content here at the Heights Baptist YouTube page. So if you would like to stay in touch with us, click the subscribe button on YouTube. Click the like button there on Facebook at the Heights Baptist Facebook page. Uh, we would love to be able to interact with you. And uh, also, just to let you know that you are loved by the Lord, uh, that Jesus Christ came into this world to die on a cross for your sin, for my sin. He was put in a tomb. On three days later, he rose again to be able to provide eternal life to all those who believe in him. And so that is our ultimate prayer that you today, where you are, uh, will trust that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. And so until we see each other again, I hope that you have a great week and God bless.